Welcome into NBA Sound System. I'm Carlin Gay. I'm Micah Adams. I'm Scott Rafferty. And I'm Kyle Irving. And we are getting set to uh, do a little hypothetical game here. We're opening up the trade machine. We're opening up the trade machine. There, I got it out. December 15th was the official or unofficial start of trade season where a bunch of players, how, what was the number? It was like uh, in the, in the I think 119. It's like, yeah, it's like 90% right? of the league. 90% like of the league is now open to being dealt. A lot of them are already rumored to be dealt. We're going to throw, I'm going to throw out some teams to you guys. What I want you guys to do for me is tell me a, should they make a move or B should they not make a move in stand pat? And if they should make a move, what is that move? So let's start with my favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, you're a believer, baby. <laughs> team that I think will not make the finals. A team that a lot of you guys at this table believe will indeed make the finals. I think they should make a move. Micah, what do you think? I think they do. I think they need to make a move. And uh, I think that losing Malcolm Brogdon was a really big loss for them. I think they need another creator in the backcourt. Uh, they're really deep. I'm just not sure that I trust uh, that Eric Bledsoe and George Hill are good enough There's to get that it guy's done. name again. So the trade that I have, I, I would like to see Milwaukee find a way to get Derrick Rose. Ooh. I think he's having an awesome year in Detroit. And I think to, to do that, I would part with Dante DiVincenzo and Wes Matthews. And then if, if they need to you know throw in a little pick swap or something, they can do that. But I, I think that DiVincenzo, I, I, I think, is probably enough of a piece to get that done. I think so what do you guys too. Think? They also have a pick, right? They have the Pacers pick, I believe. They, they own a they lottery do. protected Pacers pick that I don't bad. believe becomes unprotected for till like twenty twenty three or something. Scott's game question to you: Should the Bucks make a move or should they stand pat? I think there's definitely pressure on them to make a move, especially when you consider Giannis is going to be a free agent soon. This is their window to win a title, and they need to do everything they can to to go to that. I. It's just when you look at their roster and the salaries that they have, it's really hard to make a trade that I think moves the needle enough to 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 do something like that. I, I like the the addition of Derrick Rose. I thought about him as well. I just I don't know like what what's what is the benefit to Detroit to doing that? So what's I, your answer? Like, this is why, a, like why, you're asking why would Detroit forget do? Yes, Detroit? Right? What's what's the what's the Bucks answer before we get to Detroit? What's yes or no for, for that trade? Yeah, no, no. In general, should they make a move? Yes, they should make a move. That's okay. why. That's yes. but it, not the Derrick Rose move is what you're saying. I just don't know if there's enough. The, Detroit's getting enough in return for that to, to warrant that trade. Before I don't want to get into Detroit because we have a lot of teams to get to, and uh, quite frankly, I don't think people care about what the Pistons do going. So forward. what is a trade? What, what, what would be a trade? For the, the, the only one that I can think of that comes to mind is Eric Bledsoe, Sonny Lisova, and then potentially that pick. For Drew Holiday. What pick? The Pacers protected. The Pacers pick that they got from Brogdon. Uh, the Michael Brogdon trade. For Drew Holiday. And I, I actually like that trade because I think that takes them over the top. I think that gives them a better defender on the perimeter. And someone who you can trust down the stretch of games in terms of Drew Holiday. And we've seen him play in the playoffs at a high level. He had one of his best playoff performances. Probably the best performance of his NBA career for the Pelicans when they swept the Portland Trailblazers now almost three seasons ago. Man, that feels like so long ago. like a long time ago. Uh, right? Bucks trade. Yes or no, Kyle? I think they do need to make a trade, but I think what makes this interesting for the Bucks is who's the beneficiary? Is it the Bucks for getting rid of Eric Bledsoe, or is it the team that's taking on Eric Bledsoe? Uh, the one that I had I here. I see that coming. Wow. The one that I had Shots here. Shots fired, man. And this is something that I don't think will happen, but something that just worked in the trade machine that's interesting. Uh, the Bucks move Eric Bledsoe 
in Dante DiVincenzo to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie, Garrett Temple, and Wilson Chandler. Ooh. Now, again, that's not something that I think will happen. I think Spencer Dinwiddie had a lot to do with bringing in KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn. He's a, you know, he means a lot to the culture of that team. Uh, but I think he would give Milwaukee the creator that they need. But the thing that's interesting there is who gets the pick there? Because is Spencer Dinwiddie better than Eric Bledsoe right now? I think he is. Yes, right? he is. Like we, we always have this talk about like, like it's one of the, and I'm sure Kevin Love is a name that will come up on one of the teams that we're going to talk about here. But one of the, you know, one of the interesting things about Kevin Love is, are you getting an asset or if you're Cleveland, do you have to be the one to give the asset? And just as you articulated with that hypothetical, that's, I, I mean, that's at the heart of this tug of war here when we do all this trade talk. Right. And I, I don't, I think that goes for any potential trade involving Eric Bledsoe is you really have to figure out who's the beneficiary there. And I think that's what gets so sticky with Milwaukee trying to make a trade, even though I do think they need to make one. You guys already know how I feel about Eric Bledsoe, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But what I will say is I will become a believer in the Bucks if they found a way to get Spencer Dinwiddie. You're talking about big time. This guy is a borderline all-star right now. I think you should be an all-star. I think you should be an all-star as well. But to be fair, Eric Bledsoe was a borderline all-star last season too. So I mean, and we saw what we what he can do in the playoffs. So when it comes down to it, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is just a better player than Eric Bledsoe. I, I, and right now he's playing his best basketball of his life. I, I, I think, you know, you add Spencer Dinwiddie to the Bucks. I'm going to go out and say it. The Bucks makes the finals. Spencer, Dinwiddie. Wow. You, you know, it's funny, though. Um, you, one of the problems with Bledsoe on this team is that he can't hit spot up threes, right? Because sure. everyone's just going to help off him in the playoffs. Dinwiddie's shooting 28% on spot up threes this season. It's not good. It's not it's good. Not See, good. He was much, he was close to 40% in the last two seasons, yeah. but obviously. That's a little do, bit of noise, it is, right? It's, it's a but little also, bit. But also keep in mind, though, Spencer Dinwiddie ha- doesn't have to spot up as much right now with the team that That's they true. have right now. So he's taking a lot less of those jump shots. He's doing a lot more creating on his own because Kyrie Irving and all those guys aren't playing with him right now. But you get Kyrie back and defense falls off him a little bit, maybe that 28% is up to those mid-30s. And with Kyrie there, that's actually a team that I think I, I could see Bledsoe and Kyrie actually fitting pretty well together. Yeah, if, if that's actually not bad. If Eric Bledsoe is your sixth man, I think that would be the perfect scenario for him. I don't think that he can be your starting point guard uh, on a championship winning team. Let's talk about the team that the Bucks will be playing on Christmas Day, the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I'm going to go to the reverse order. Kyle, should they make a trade? Yes or no? I think they, they need something off the bench. They need a creator. I just told you guys, I tried to mess around and put Joe Ingles with his Aussie <laughs> teammate, Ben Simmons, out there, and it doesn't work because of Joe Ingles' contract extension. But I think they need a creator in that second unit. I think that that second unit is lacking. Their depth has been their issue for the past two seasons now, and I think we might see that again come playoff time, uh, even though you shorten the benches and whatnot. Um, I don't know what the trade is for Philly, but I do think that there is a trade that needs to be made. Okay, you don't know what the trade is, but what do they need to get? You said the creator off the bench? I think creator off the bench would help. I think something just to make that front court make everything a little bit less weird, make everything more fluid in their rotations in the starting unit. Stretch in the five, get, stretch four. I got a creator off the bench for you. Go for it. That's actually what I, what I was working with here. I think that the Sixers need... It's not Fred Van Fleet, but they need their version of Fred Van Fleet. And who's, now name, a, who's now a starter. The name the that I have penciled in for the Sixers that I think would really fit well there is DJ Augustine. Um, I think that that's somebody that you could in, you could entrust him to if he needs to be on the floor in the, in the closing minutes of a tight game. He can certainly do that. Toronto found that out the hard He's way. He's a Raptor killer. Uh, he is there, <laughs> another reason to go get him. Uh, Sixers fans might not like to hear this, but I think that it's worth them giving up Jair Smith. Um, 
and I, you know, you, you can make the salaries work with Trey Burke. You and honestly Ronaldo, think the Sixers would be worried? Sixer fans would be worried about giving up Zary Smith? No, because for, they, they got they just got Thibault too. Like yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know how many young how many young that. guys can you play? They there, there's just not room to play young yeah, guys that aren't ready right now. That. And I think that's the type of guy that Orlando could get back that uh, would I think move the needle enough for them to give up a player as good as Augustine. It's funny, DJ Augustine came to mind for me when I was thinking of a destination. Uh, or, or a play that they could get. I also think they're a Derrick Rose destination. Yeah. Um, again, kind of what Kyle was saying, it's difficult for them to kind of get a play like that just because of the way their salaries are structured and everything. Um, it might, I mean, Mike scores a starting point. And then after that, you're talking about attaching either Zaya Smith or Matisse Teibel, um to make that beneficial for the Pistons. Uh, but, but someone like that, the, the same kind of idea, a guy who can create um, and space the floor yeah. a little bit. Teibel's not be. going anywhere. Probably not. Yeah, so, yeah. but and again, we go back to the whole thing. I don't know if the Pistons. I don't know if Zaya Smith is enough for them to get rid of Derrick Rose. But I thought you guys were going to get spicy here and give me Ben Simmons and on another team. But so uh, I was, I was actually, I was thinking about trying to trade Ben Simmons. The problem is that he's making, um, well, he's I think eight, guy. Well, he's making eight million this season, yeah. which makes it tricky to trade him. I think it's going to be easier to trade him in the summer when he's making twenty nine, because then you're getting in the market for guys like a Kyle Lowry. That's one guy I really wanted to see on Philly. Um, it's just really difficult to put that together. Now. His salary actually hurts them right now in China. Yeah, it does. Them, you know, that's without, interesting. Without attaching a name to it, I think Michael, that's a good point with Zaire Smith. Though I think when you're looking at the Sixers, if they're going to make a move at the deadline, I think that's an intriguing name because I mean, coming out of the draft, he was one of the best defenders in all of college basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a freak athlete, mm-hmm. even after his injury. And I think that's a player that you know NBA GMs might be willing to roll the dice on in order to get something in return. It's interesting. All right, Miami. We'll stick with Miami. Miami's playing good basketball with the team as is, but I think to get to the next level, I think we can all agree here they need to do something. But does that mean that something has to come this season, Micah? I I want to. I'm going to just say I want everyone to do something because it's more <laughs> fun. I want absolute chaos, trade mayhem, NBA 2K if style. If there's a team out of all the ones that we're going to talk about that I think does not need to make a move, it would be Miami. However, if they do, I think that they should really swing for the fences and go for it because I think that they're a lot better than honestly they thought they'd be. Yeah, I think that Miami is the Kevin Love team. I think okay. that this is the team where he makes the most sense. He can play off of Bam Adebayo. Uh, he can play off of Jimmy Butler. I think he's a he's a player with championship pedigree and experience. He's going to buy into everything that Miami's doing. He's used to you know playing off LeBron and Kyrie, so he's not going to show up thinking he needs to score twenty eight points a game. Uh, and Miami is the one team out of anyone in the entire league that has big money contracts. Uh, they can they can reach thirty million dollars uh, like it's nothing, and really it's not hard. Uh, they can, deals, they can get the way, Kevin too. Love for Justice Winslow and Goran Dragic. And I think if you're Miami... Do you throw you know, pick in? No, you don't need to. If you're giving up Winslow, you don't need to. Really? I don't think so. To and I, and I think... That, well... I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm with Mike. I think, I think Winslow, that, that Winslow and he fits well with what Cleveland already has. He doesn't take away anything from Sexton or Garland. I think he's a piece that fits what they're doing. And right now in Miami... They're having a lot of success, not necessarily in spite of or without Winslow, but Winslow is not one of the three or four guys sort of central to them becoming this Eastern Conference power that I think we probably would have, if you would have said at the beginning of the year, hey, Miami might be one of the two best teams in the East, we all probably would have thought like after Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo would have been Winslow, that's the guy that leapt, and he really hasn't. So I think that this is the Kevin Love team. 
I they, so I wrote trade destinations on NBA.com for Kevin Love, and Miami was one of the one of the teams just because there's there's a need for his skill set, and they mm-hmm. have the salaries to make it work. I I just don't know if he's the piece that puts him over the edge. Um, but I I mean he would fit in well there. For me, so I, this comes with an asterisk because I did it on one trade machine site and it worked, and I did it on ESPN's trade machine and it didn't. Typical fence writing here. Um, <laughs> but like you, I'm I'm going for a big man. I I want to trade Demontis Sabonis and T.J. Warren to the wow. Heat for Justice Winslow and Derek Jones Jr. Okay, is that enough? Why? I I think Justice Winslow would be phenomenal in in Indiana. Right. Um, the, the small forward around Malcolm Brogdon and and Victor Oladipo. And I think ideally for the Heat, you'd probably want a better shooter next to Bam. And Sabonis started his career shooting threes and then just doesn't shoot them all of a sudden. He, he's he's a, a traditional big man, basically. But I think Sabonis would fit in so well with their culture and everything they want to do um, that they just, by doing that, they just lean all into being this, you know, grimy team that no one wants to play. So is that trade... Is that trade for this year or is that trade for a years down the line? Because that doesn't feel like a move that they would make to get into the conversation of being in the Eastern Conference Finals with Bucks and Sixers, to me, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. I the thing for me is I, I don't like I don't they're not gonna get Chris I don't think they're gonna get Chris Paul. I don't right. think they're gonna get Kevin Love. So right. by trading for someone like Sabonis, they kind of fill that need for, with a younger player with a better salary. So it's for them. I and that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. He's another guy interesting that uh, is going to start making a lot more money next year yep. uh, than he is now. So You're Miami, talking about some bonus. Yeah, yep. because he just signed that extension, right? So and, and that doesn't go into effect for next year. So he's sort of in a similar boat to Ben Simmons um, as someone that doesn't have a big number now, but that number jumps yep. uh, significantly. This Those summer. lefties are making a lot of money. I actually was going to disagree with you there, and I think that would be highway robbery for the Miami Heat. I mean, DeMontis Sabonis is quietly putting together an all-star campaign himself right now, and that's something that I didn't even realize until fantasy uh, note here. He's one of the best players in all of fantasy basketball this year, <laughs> but I didn't notice that until I saw him pop right. up on that top players list. And, you know, after seeing the way that he played against the Lakers the other night, and yes, they didn't have Anthony Davis, but DeMontis Sabonis was incredible. And I think that's a move where the initial knee-jerk reaction would be, like you just said, that doesn't get them over the top. But I think once you see that team play together, you would be like, all right, all of a sudden this team could be in the Eastern Conference Finals because of that player. I think it has high potential. I, I just, I don't think it's the perfect fit for Bam. Like, I don't, I think ideally one of them would be a better shooter. Right. But I do like the idea of pairing those two guys together. All right, let's get out of the East with this team here, the Boston Celtics, a team that's close to Kyle's heart. So I'll start with you, Kyle. Should they make a trade? Yes or no? If so, yes. What is the trade? They do need a big man. They really do. After after the Robert Williams hip injury and, you know, Cantor is slow and, you know, <laughs> Daniel Tice is, he just, you know, Cantor is slow. He works hard and he played well the other night, but he just is slow. And Daniel Tice is, I mean, he's solid filling in as a starting center, My guy. but it really is a killer with that Aaron Baines trade on draft night. Um, I just think they don't necessarily have a move to make here because they're not willing to part ways with one of their big four players. And there's not really anybody else outside of Marcus Smart, who I don't think they would trade anyways, that is of much value. So is that, is I that an answer yes, they should make a trade, but you just don't know what it is or no, they should stamp it. The answer is that yes, they should make a trade, but there's no trade to be made. And to get Ooh. a big... To get, yes, I, to get a big... Scott and I are smiling. I, I think we got the yeah, same one. I got a trade up? for you. What's four up? big. Go here for we it. go. All right. In this deal, you're sending Ennis Cantor, Romeo Langford, and Carson Edwards out to Sacramento for Dwayne Dedman. What do you think? Dwayne Dedman's not having a great season. Come on, Kyle, they were, react. They were high. I'm, I'm giving him a second here. He had high, they had high expectations coming into the season. He was great last year. Um, he's fallen out of the rotation. But I think when you look at what this team needs, he's a good shot-blocking center. 
He's been shooting threes in the late, last stage of his career. I think that's the kind of guy who could tie everything into get in, in, to get together for the Celtics. Come on, Kyle. Listen, Look, Scott. Kyle you, looks you, about as excited. Like this. Like like this. Like like at two, that's how I say we had at lunchtime. Came up to the table and Kyle was not having it. I think Dwayne Dedman is the uh, human version of that. All right, let's go, chicken fingers. What do you got? Yeah, what do you got for us, Scott? You were there to see my in-person reaction when the Celtics drafted Romeo Langford on draft night. We were both there. Um, I wasn't happy about that. That wasn't the pick. That was not the pick that I wanted. And I'm still not very high on Romeo Langford, but I'm also not high on Dwayne Dedman. I think he's overrated. And I think that his numbers this season show that for whatever reason, that was a name that was popping up in free agency this year that everybody was like, Oh, this guy is so incredible. And Mm -hmm. I honestly, I just don't see it. He's fallen off a big time this season. I just think maybe you put him in a new situation. Um, and then if he's on that team, he's basically going to be asked to just shoot threes and block shots. I mean, he, he took 3.4 threes per game last season, shot nearly 40%, um, averaged uh, a block a game. I, I just think he would fit in nicely with that. I team. will say this in Dwayne Demon's defense. I, I wasn't excited about Dwayne Demon either when you mentioned his name. I thought you were going to give me something juicier than that. But I think in... In Boston's situation, so dire in terms of big men, Dwayne Dedman is an upgrade over Tice and Ennis Cantor on both ends of the floor, well, in my opinion. We already said the name that they should trade for. We, you just didn't realize it when you said it. It's Baines. They should just trade for Baines. Do you have one already uh, locked up? I, I think that either giving up Romeo Langford or even, honestly, the Memphis pick. Baines is an expiring deal. He's only making about $5 million. Uh, I mean, you, you can get to five with a bunch of non-guaranteeds and a bunch of end-of-bench guys. I, I actually think Bear, Aaron Baines is the guy. And they shouldn't have traded him away in the first place, but it's at, I mean, you're, you're getting me all back. Exci- you're getting me all excited here. If they could go back and get Aaron Baines, the rest of the Eastern Conference I, is not they, I think that the they are Celtics. good enough. They, I think that they are good enough. This is a team that wants to win now. I don't think that they really... I don't know if Romeo Langford or if whoever they're going to take with that Memphis pick is ultimately going to be there anyway. You have to use those assets to do what you can to do win now. And Baines is cheap enough that they can get him without having to give up Smart or Brown or Tatum or Hayward or Kimba, right? I'm not sure they saw this season coming from Aaron Baines. And I think that... I don't think anyone did, to be no, fair. <laughs> I don't think they did either. And There's a Twitter account that did. Yes, there is. And... Uh, I'm not even sure Aaron they did, Baines. to be fair. I'm not even sure they did. <laughs> well, he's been pretty incredible this season. And if the Celtics didn't part ways with him for a last round, for a, a later first-round pick, I think they'd be in a lot better shape than they're in right now. I, my only thing with the Aaron Baines trade is I think that Danny thinks that maybe he could get Aaron Baines this summer for free back to Boston because I think Baines enjoyed himself in Boston, so just waited out and, and signed him as a free agent. Let's move to the Western Conference. Uh, the Houston Rockets. This should be fun. Houston, Micah, should they make a trade? Yes or no? If yes, what's the trade? They got to make a trade. Everyone needs to make a trade. You know where <laughs> I stand on this. I got to ask the question. Um, I like having fun. I think they need they need a, another big 3 and D guy, and they need somebody that can comfortably shoot, ca- that can catch a basketball from James Harden right. and hit a wide open three. Is that Andre Iguodala? It could be Andre Iguodala. He makes, God, that, that $17 million that he's on the books for makes mm. it tough. Mm. It, it just, it's, it's a, you got to, it's not that Andre Iguodala is not a good fit there. He fits a lot of places, but it's just what you have to give up to get him because he makes so much money. I I like I like Houston as the Robert Covington spot. Um, he's at about eleven million. The Timberwolves or the uh, the Rockets already offered the Timberwolves a whole boatload of picks last year to try to trade for Jimmy Butler. They think they were offering four first round picks. Yeah. You don't have to give up four, but if you start with 
three first round picks for Robert then, Covington. And then you get, I, you are vastly underselling how good Robert. If, Covington he's is. not worth three first round picks. I'm sorry. What if they're like the 26th pick in the draft? Well, what if they're not, it's Houston. They're going to be. Okay. So maybe it's two, whatever it is, you build, you build it around picks right? and then you can get to 11 million when you start stacking the, the Dan, your boy, Daniel house and Austin rivers and guy. those, those types of guys. I think, Robert Covington makes some sense in Houston. Three first round picks are is aggressive, Scott. I I don't have a trade for the Rockets. I think ideally they would make a trade. It's just so hot. Like, the one big piece that they could have used to trade this season was Eric Gordon, um, but he can't actually be traded. Beyond that, you're basically looking at <laughs> no one wants him anyway. Is that because he's playing <laughs> yeah. bad? Or is there's a lot of reasons he can't be traded. traded. Okay, well he can't actually be traded. Um, <laughs> Clint Capella is too important to what they do defensively. I don't think he and offensively. I don't think he's moved, going anywhere. Same for PJ Tucker. He's their most versatile defender. So I, I like the idea of Robert Cummington. I also think that if he is available, teams are going to have far better, far more to offer than the Rockets. Hence three first round picks. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, I, don't yeah, I don't know. So no, no, I don't think the Rockets have a trade. What do you got, Kyle? I also did not have a trade for the Rockets. Um, Robert Covington, he does sound great in Houston. I just don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the move that they make to make it work. If they were to get Andre Iguodala, what do they give up? To like be what, fair, what can they give up to get? There's been talks about how Daryl Morey has been going after, been pursuing Andre Iguodala and how there's just no offer out there. Like Listen, they can't put anything together. There's so, reports yeah. about Daryl Morey pursuing me. He pursues everybody. <laughs> all right. Like, but in fairness, what would they get? What would they have to give up to get Andre? Iguodala? I mean, it's not just the Rockets going after him. The Lakers you, are you, probably, you have to, I mean, again, that's it's, it's picks are involved, but then because of that big dollar amount, like, you probably have to give up PJ Tucker. It, it's like PJ Tucker. Probably like, have to give up Clint Capella. It's one of those two guys. Do you really want to give up one of those two guys for a thirty-five-year-old Andre Iguodala? I just, I just I don't know. PJ Tucker, Daniel House, and Austin Rivers works, but again, I don't know. I don't know if you probably PJ Tucker is so players. Yeah, PJ Tucker is just. I mean, PJ PJ Tucker in particular is just so important to what they do defensively and um, fashion-wise. He's also very important. that too. And although Iguodala can do a lot of the things that. Um, Tucker can do defensively. He's a he's a guy who shows up in the playoffs. That's what you you get him for. And I also don't know if you want to rely on him that much in his career, um, just because of his age and his injury history. All right, let's move to LA. The two teams that are right now, as we sit today, favored betting odds favorites to winning the NBA championship. Kyle, should the Los Angeles Lakers make a trade, and if so, what is it? The Los Angeles Lakers don't make a trade because they don't need to make a trade because they're already the best team in the NBA. All right. That's easy. That's that easy, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is my Iguodala destination. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, DeMarcus Cousins, and Kyle Kuzma um, is just about enough to make that work. I think Iguodala fits in perfectly with the Lakers. Defensively, he gives them another person they can throw up Paul George and Kawhi Leonard specifically in that matchup. Um, obviously, giving rid of, rid, of, rid of Kyle Kuzma, he's a young asset and and the guy that they're kind of grooming to be their third scorer or third star. Um, the kicker in this is that Contavious Caldwell Pope has a no trade clause, or he can veto a trade because he has a player option in his contract next year. Yeah, Rich Paul's the greatest, isn't he? He's that's incredible. He's, yeah. he's probably not going to be okay with going to Memphis in this situation. Did Rich Paul cost LeBron a title by giving <laughs> KCP a no trade clause? I mean, he didn't technically give him a no trade clause, well, but the way that his contract. It. Um, but, but in theory that does work. It's not bad. I, I, so we're both trying, we're, we're just both trying to ship KCP out of LA. <laughs> um, I think that the two needs for LA, one could be in the mold of a Derek Rose type, another guy that can create some offense, um, when LeBron's on the bench 
However, I, I think that the other spot that they could upgrade at is uh, they need more shooting. And I don't know if there's a better shooter that's more gettable right now than Davis Bertans. See, I, I mean, don't think he's gettable. You don't think he's gettable? I you think Washington I think, wants to re-sign him this summer. You go. You, I'll, we can talk about it. In a second. I just you think. I mean, he's at about eight million. I think if you did KCP, and if you offered up Kuzma, I mean, this is one of the things where Kuzma doesn't make hardly any money. Right. Um, and I mean, he's a he's he's young. I think Washington could view him as an asset to build upon as as they try to you know put stuff around Bradley Beal. I mean, if you like Kyle Kuzma enough. And maybe Washington does. I don't know. That's a pretty good piece to get back for Bertans, who would absolutely light it up next to LeBron and AD. Yeah, he would. I, I just don't know. Bertans is just so interesting because he's on a good contract. He's going to get an extension this summer. He fits in with pretty much any team because of the position that he plays and how well he shoots. I just don't know. This is also by far the best he's ever played, though. It so is. There, there's it a is. chance that this is the ultimate, like, sell-hot. But this might... Yes, that. And just a... I mean... This is a, a ridiculous sell-high potential moment for Washington here, right? All right, so I'm coming in to defend my boy, Kuz. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I was waiting. He's not playing great, and I'll, uh, there's no denying that. He's been on and off the court with injuries and everything This is like breaking that. news here on NBA Sound System. Yeah, yeah, breaking news. Kyle Kuzma has not been great this season, but he's been on and off the court with injuries, and you're telling me that I know NBA Twitter has Davis Berton's fever right now. Everybody is Have you watched him? Of course we no, do. No, yeah, he's been great. He's been great. But you just said it yourself. This is this is one this is one season that he's done this. Do you really think he was the good Lakers, with the Spurs? He was good. He was a good he, rotation, but player not great. Spurs. He was do good. You, he was do you good. think that Do you think that the Lakers would be willing to move Kyle Kuzma, the one piece that they did not trade in the trade to get Anthony Davis because they were so high on him, just because he's had a couple of bad games to start the season? I will say, well, I saw Bertans go off here in Charlotte and our good friend Jordan Greer actually wrote a piece on him where Bertans basically low key sent some shots down to San Antonio and every coach that he had before him saying that he was not used in the way that he's being used in Washington. And he would have been doing this sort of thing had he been used. He was calling down pin downs like this dude is is a flat out shooter. I think he can sustain this type of play given putting in the right situation. The thing is in LA, I don't think they run those same plays for him uh, with Anthony Davis and LeBron James attracting so much attention. He's going to have to be a, a standstill shooter. Well, he would be a standstill shooter. He'd be a lights out he dead eye standstill but shooter. But he, I think he, he regresses back to the version that he was in San Antonio, not this high level where he's taking it's somewhere in between, right? Game. Yeah, it's it somewhere is. in between. Um, another option, by the way, Coldwell Pope and Kuzma um, works in New Orleans for JJ Redick. The same kind of thinking. He plays a different position. Um, but you can never have there enough shooters. Blow around. it up, blow it up, Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a trade that's worth it to me, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's another option. Um, if if Colin, as you you've been saying, the Pelicans should blow it up by Listen. trading two players. Apparently, that's blowing up. But blow it up. Um, if that's the case, you know that makes sense for the Pelicans getting a young guy in Kuzma um, with some upside. Again, Coldwell Pope. Being able to veto a trade makes that difficult. I, I don't know if the Pelicans make that move, seeing as they probably could have had Kuzma this summer when they looked for Anthony Davis and they ended up getting him. All right, last one, the Clippers. Uh, Scott, start with you. Clippers, should they make a trade, yes or no? Um, ideally, I think the Clippers would make a trade and acquire a big man, uh, a guy who can kind of match up with the Nicole Jokic's, the Joel Embiid's in the NBA. It's just really, really hard to, to put together a package to get someone. Um, I, I tried a variety of things. It's just, it's just very difficult. So I think they should make a trade. I don't know if there is one. And for big. For big. For, for a power forward, for, for a center. 
I tried so many times to get Tristan Thompson to the Clippers, <laughs> and there was just no way to do it without was Chloe giving, blocking that one. Yeah, yeah, she was. She might have been. <laughs> I, uh, I just without giving. I mean, I think Jerome Robinson's an interest, an interesting piece because I think that he does have high upside for a second year player. Um, and he could make an impact in Cleveland down the road. It might be someone they would be interested in, but he doesn't make enough money. Or, well, obviously, he doesn't make enough money. He's still on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the players on their roster that actually make an impact, um, I just don't think they'd be willing to part ways with him. I think it would work with Mo Harkless, but I don't think they'd be willing to move Mo Harkless. So I think that you hit the nail on the head because I was also trying to find a way to get them Tristan Thompson. And I think Mo Harkless is the guy that is the casualty here because – when you look at this team at its best, it's Kawhi and it's Paul George and Mo Hark and and, uh, and uh, Montrezl Harrell is out there. I'm just I'm not sure. Like Mo Harkless is an incredibly valuable player, and he's the type of guy that every team trying to win a title right now should want to have. The Clippers just have the two maybe best in the world that already do that on the team. He makes 11 million. Um, I think that they have enough to get. They can make the salaries work to get Tristan Thompson, but then you ask yourself, like, if you're Cleveland, like, why do I want Mo Harkless's expiring contract? Right. And then if I'm the Clippers, do I really want to give up Landry Shamet? I don't. And then is Jerome Robinson enough of a get to get back? Like, it just, it's really hard. And then you go through the rest of the league and it's like the teams that do have bigs, would they even want to help the Clippers get better? And then the fact that the fact that Harkless is expiring makes it hard because just who wants an expiring Mohawk question for the table. What's the best five that the Clippers put on the floor right now? Is it Pat Bev, Lou will Kawhi PG and Trez Trez. Yeah. So who yeah. sits if they get Tristan Thompson? I, I mean, I think ideally you make a move like that with certain matchups in mind, right? It's, it's a big reason why the Raptors went out and got Mark Gasol because he's one of the best post defenders in the league. And then when you have to go through like someone like Joel Embiid in the playoffs, you want someone who can kind of bang yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily think that you would be, Trez would be sitting on the bench at the end of every single game because they got Tristan Thompson. Um, but because they have him, they might be able to use him more strategically against certain teams. I agree with that. I think either, either Pat Bev or Lou Will is the guy that when Tristan Thompson needs to be out there, one of those two guys takes a seat but i i also think like it's there are very few teams that you need him against but yep. the ones you do are exactly anthony davis and the lakers and joel Embiid and Giannis. and like and you're getting see. tristan thompson for the conference finals and beyond exactly. if he doesn't even play for you until the conference finals they'd be fine with that quick rapid fire i have three teams you just yes or no i don't need you to go through a trade machine uh denver nuggets yes or no should they make a trade yes they're my favorite drew holiday destination yes yeah uh, the Thunder, should they make a trade? Yes or no? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Dallas Mavericks, should they make a trade? Yes or no? 100%. They're, they're, they're a contender. They're close. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I think Dallas can make a trade. All right. There you have it. Trade destinations right here on NBA Sound System. Keep it locked. Find all our work on NBA.com. For Kyle Irving, Scott Rafferty, Mike Adams, I'm Carlin Gay. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, folks. Spread the word. And he sounds the best podcast in the land, baby. <laughs> <laughs>